the challenge there is that infections can actually occur well outside that anthesis timing. And in, in wheat and barley, anytime really the head is out of the boot through to probably uh, late milk, early dough, uh, or soft dough stage, uh, that head can, can be infected. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Growing Point Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Boychin. As always, our goal with this podcast is simple, to provide Alberta farmers and agronomists with timely, relevant, and valuable agronomic knowledge through interviews with experts in various fields of agriculture. We hope that the information from this and future podcasts bring value to you and your farm. So in this episode, we're talking to Dr. Kelly Turkington, who works as a researcher at AAFC Lacombe, and we're talking specifically about uh, fungicide timing for Fusarium head blight. Um, some new research has shown that the window of infection is a bit wider than we initially thought. Um, so we just talk about some of that, what that means for application timing in field, um, and, and how to kind of assess that risk and make sure that you're applying in that ideal timing. Um, so I hope you enjoy it, and thanks for listening. Okay, Kelly, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Maybe for those who, who uh, haven't heard you on this webinar before, uh, maybe just introduce yourself and, and let us know what you work on and, and who you're with. Uh, thanks, Jeremy, for the inv invitation. Uh, uh, my name is Kelly Turkington, and I'm a plant pathologist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada here in Lacombe, Alberta. And our focus here at Lacombe, uh, we work mainly on cereals, especially barley. We do a lot of joint work with uh, the barley breeding programs across the Prairie region, screening for resistance to a number of leaf diseases. Uh, and then we do a lot of work looking at uh, both integrated crop management and integrated pest management uh, with colleagues here at Lacombe as well as, well as other AFC and uh, Alberta Ag and other, other collaborators across the prairies. I mean, we're here talking today about Fusarium head blight, Fusarium head blight application timing when it comes to fungicides. Um, and really this conversation kind of really came to light for me through Twitter. <clears throat> I had posted something on Twitter. Someone had uh, kind of shot back and said, hey, you know, this is contradictory towards what we had seen in the past. Because um, in the past, uh, or I guess um, quite recently, all the targeting in terms of Fusarium head blight fungicide application seems to circle around the idea of hitting those main stems when the, those anthers are starting to show. Um, and and maybe can you give us a little background on, on what has led us to that being um, timing leading up to this point? Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, over the years there's been a lot of work uh, uh, looking at fungicide application as a tool to manage Fusarium head blight, both uh, in wheat and barley. I would say the lion's share of the research has been in predominantly focused on, on uh, wheat, but we do see some uh, uh, activity in terms of barley. But the, the focus on wheat uh, was typically, and there was a window of application right from about 75% head emergence uh, to about when 50% of the main stem heads had the yellow anthers starting to show in the middle part of the head. Uh, it's a, a relatively narrow window, um, and 
uh, you know, I think the, the, the timing itself in terms of fusarium head blight, looking at some of the recent research out of the U.S., some of the results that we're seeing from colleagues like Randy Kutcher and a grad student at the U of S, uh, and then some work that we're doing as part of the Barty cluster and the wheat cluster, that uh, it's a bit more nuanced than that. And, and um, you know, the, the, the key focus uh, traditionally has been at that anthesis timing. Uh, and part of that may be related to the role that uh, anthers were thought to play in terms of the, the, the whole disease cycle of fusarium head blight in, in wheat. Uh, the challenge there is that infections can actually occur well outside that anthesis timing. And in, in wheat and barley, anytime really the head is out of the boot through to probably uh, late milk, early dough, uh, or soft dough stage, uh, that head can, can be infected. Now, probably if you look at, at wheat, uh, and it would somewhat apply to barley, uh, your most susceptible probably period is from anthesis through to about the milk stage from some of the research that that, that I've been looking at. Um, so that's the most susceptible stage and it was felt in a lot of the research going back to the late 1800s and early 1900s with this disease indicated there was a role definitely that the anthers played. But other research subsequent to that also showed that you could get infections and significant infections in the absence of anthers. So if you look at barley, in many cases, depending on the variety and the conditions, that barley head will actually start flowering while the head is either fully or partially in the boot. So that's not a stage that I would be recommending putting a fungicide on for, for fusarium. So anthesis is important, uh, but there's also uh, a recognition that infection can occur well after anthesis. Now, as you get beyond that milk stage, uh, uh, you know, the seeds start to differentiate, the, the develop the different layers. And as that occurs, that seed becomes less and less susceptible to infection. So your infections later on, milk, late milk, early dough, uh, would likely not show much, if any, evidence of fusarium damaged kernels. The kernels would look healthy, uh, but there may be superficial infection and associated issues with dawn contamination. So, I mean, this, <clears throat> when I started my agronomy career in Ontario, this is oh, the huge focus was around anthesis timing, getting that majority of the field, those main stems around anthesis timing. This obviously expands that window and starts asking the question, okay, if I'm a producer looking to protect my crop from, from fusarium head blight, <clears throat> and that window opens up from essentially whenever it's out of the boot up until that late milk stage, and even beyond that, it sounds like potentially um, some risk there. And, and I mean, the crop is still growing, going into the ground at, at this point in Alberta. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're pretty advanced to be talking about this, but I mean, we will be getting there. How does a, how does a producer then begin to assess when it might be an ideal time to apply that fungicide? Because um, now it opens it up to, to, to a much greater window of risk. So how, what steps would I take forward? Well, you know, I, I think there's two aspects to it. And if you look at uh, some of the, the research and, and, and uh, sort of approaches to this issue, uh, fungus typically 
a fungicide will provide a, a higher level of, of suppression uh, when it's used at that anthesis timing, especially in terms of symptom development. So if you're looking at trying to minimize the level of FTK uh, in your harvested grain, certainly right around that anthesis timing or very, very shortly after that would be the key target to limit FTK levels. That has a big uh, sort of influence on the grade that you receive and you can quickly go from a number one to a number two and a lot lower than that. The challenge is that sometimes uh, if you look at the timing research out of the states, the recent research, uh, in terms of dawn suppression, so deoxynivolanol suppression, sometimes a little later is actually better for dawn. So there's a bit of a differential there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I would say by and large, uh, you know, around that anthesis timing, it's going to provide probably your best level of suppression in terms of FDK development. Uh, you couple that with uh, a, a good variety that has an, an, an MR rating, ideally, uh, to fusarium head blight, uh, and that'll help to limit dawn production. So you combine that with your fungicide application. Uh, the other thing is that I, you know, I, with the timing, I think my, my own view, looking at the research, looking at our own information here, is that you can go too early. So if you're you're looking at that early part of the recommended sort of range, so 75% head emergence in wheat, approximately 70% uh, in barley, the problem is that it's probably a little on the late, the early side, I should say, that, that you know, the, the problem is that you have a lot of the head still in the boot or partially in the boot. So that, that tissue that's not, actually visible is not being directly protected by a fungicide application. So, you know, the, there's concerns. I need to, you know, that 50% of the head showing anthers in the middle part of the head is the latest I can go. The research that we're seeing suggests that that's not the case. So your, your window uh, on sort of the, the initial side is maybe a bit tighter. I would say the focus should be on when you get heads out of the boot. And then there's some opportunity there, maybe a bit more flexibility in, in terms of the window. The challenge, of course, is what's on the label and the chemical guides. And some of this research is just coming out here in the last two to three years. So there may be a need to look at revising the labels and looking at maybe perhaps a little later application. The other aspect that if you look at some of the work that, that Randy Kuchar's done and colleagues in the States, and elsewhere is we may actually have to start entertaining the idea of a dual application. Uh, and that, you know, certainly an added cost, but if we're in a situation where we've got a high, high risk area, uh, very conducive conditions to try and stay on top of this issue, you know, you, you're using a good variety, hopefully you're using an adequate rotation. Uh, you may need to look at this dual application to try and provide prolonged protection in terms of symptom development, so that would relate mainly to FTK, but more importantly, prolonged protection in terms of dawn suppression to, to, to see that. We're seeing indications of that in our wheat and barley uh, projects under the barley and wheat cluster. So, but definitely I think the key thing is to make sure that you're targeting the head tissue itself so that means maybe waiting a bit until you, you, you get 
uh, a greater extent of head emergence in the crop and using things like higher seeding rate and so on to, to promote a more uniform stand that comes into the head emergence stage, ideally all at the same time. Is there going to potentially be enough fluctuation environmentally in terms of humidity, moisture, that's going to make you want to lean towards earlier versus later application? Is that is there going to be enough... <clears throat> is there going to be enough fluctuation within that time range that it's going to be worth it to try and time based around environment or should it just be looking at that that timing specifically no you an excellent point i think the environment plays a key role in this disease issue uh and uh that may have an impact in terms of getting the biggest bang out of your buck in terms of fungicide application targeting uh, the situation where you're at highest risk. So uh, the ability for producers to look at this uh, has been greatly facilitated here in the last few years. So the Alberta Wheat Commission, along with Alberta Ag uh, and Ralph Wright with Alberta Ag in Edmonton, have put in place these fusarium risk maps. So it's based on models that have come out of the U.S., uh, they've been continually validated and so on. We're using, I think, a model that is similar to Manitoba's model. Saskatchewan's a bit different. I think they rely a bit more on relative humidity. But one can actually start visiting the, the risk map site at Alberta Eggs, looking at the maps, looking at your particular location. And for the weather stations, they provide a little speedometer type of an approach to indicate no risk, low, moderate, high, and so on. And you can start following that. And I would say as soon as the crop starts to, you know, you get past the flag leaf emergence stage, what's the risk like? Because if it's high, to me, that would signal conditions that are conducive for infection, which is not going to be a factor at that point. But you, you're going to have adequate moisture and that facilitates the pathogen's ability to produce spores. So if you get high risk as the crop is moving from flag leaf emergence to head emergence, it would mean that as soon as that head is out of the boot, it's likely going to be dealing with a fairly significant inoculum load in the air. So in that situation, getting it as close to that uh, uh, sort of early anthesis would be probably ideal. So that may help in terms of lining up chemical, lining up a sprayer, if you're looking at a custom applicator and so on, so that you're not sort of looking at the risk map, your crops uh, at that anthesis timing and saying, oh, my risk is very high, I better line up spray, a spray rig, and then finding that uh, it's a bit more difficult to get things at short notice. So it gives you a bit of a chance to prepare. Conversely, if the risk is low as a crop is coming out of flag leaf emergence, it remains low and you start to see maybe a bit of an uptick into that low to moderate range or moderate range as you, you approach head emergence. In that situation, the main risk likely is going to be a little later. So perhaps um, uh, in that situation, you don't need to be as prompt in the crop uh, as you would in the in the other situation that I, I had mentioned. So I guess my next question then from this is is for those irrigation producers. Um, recommendations have been to kind of avoid adding any extra moisture during anthesis timing. Does this mean that opens that window even wider for for people who are irrigating to say, hey, we need to you know minimize irrigation even at a wider time span than that into late milk? 
for that risk, or, or does that does that change that? Again, I think you look at the differential between FDK potential and, and Dawn contamination, and uh, the challenge will be meeting the water needs of that crop, but at the same time trying to mitigate fusarium risk. And, I, and I've always said that, that irrigated producers in terms of dealing with fusarium head blight are a bit of an advantage to producers under dry land production. So let's say a producer in the Melford Carrot River area of Saskatchewan uh, versus let's say in the Outlook Irrigation District or in Southern Alberta under irrigation, you, you have a better ability an irrigated producer to actually manipulate the environment component of the disease triangle. So the recommendations uh, largely uh, indicate that you want to try and fill up the water table prior to head emergence get it get a you know a good level of moisture in the soil and then uh, cut it off and try and and leave the crop as long as possible after head emergence without irrigation because uh, what you're doing is you're creating an environment where you may have a higher risk of, of infection. And the more irrigation and the more frequently you put on irrigation as the crops transitioning from flag leaf into head emergence into anthesis and, and so on, uh, the greater the risk. And, and you know, if you're looking at a combination of minimizing FDKs, certainly right around anthesis, you wanna make sure you're looking at minimizing the use of irrigation. Uh, the other thing is that often I think you've got a better better potential to, to, to see a, a, a higher level of suppression with a fungicide. Because with the irrigation, you can look at a, a good variety. You can look at crop rotation, layer on top of that fungicide application, and then look at uh, managing the level of irrigation. So you've got an additional tool that you can look at. And then if, you know, ideally, uh, and again, balancing the water needs of the crop because you don't want to all of a sudden see a significant reduction in, in productivity simply because the crop is moisture stressed. So um, looking at a combination of FDK suppression and maybe minimizing the level of dawn contamination, you want to try and extend that uh, uh, period where you're restricting irrigation as long as possible you know, obviously keeping in mind the water needs of the crop itself. For sure. There's a, there's a balance there, risk of, of crop loss to, to risk of, of fusarium head blight. So Kelly, this has been very informative and I very much appreciate you taking the time to have a chat with me today about this. And, and, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be a lot of value that comes from this conversation. Excellent. No worries, Jeremy. Thanks Kelly. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Growing Point Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a second to rate, review, and share this podcast with all of your friends. This helps us grow and get our message out. You can also sign up for the Growing Point newsletter by going to Alberta Wheat or albertabarley.com and sign up for our mailing list. This will help you stay up to date on all the agronomic information we share through articles, interviews, and the newsletter. See you next time.